Welcome back to another daily devotion, and I'm glad that you've joined us today. Today we're in Colossians chapter 2. Now, as we look at Colossians chapter 2, uh, what uh, Paul covers in Colossians 1 is just the greatness of Christ, that Christ is incomparable. And he wanted the uh, believers in Colossae to understand that, uh, that Christ is God and that he is incomparable to all things and that our salvation is grounded in him. Now, when we come to chapter 2, what we see that Paul emphasizes is the, the greatness of Christ, his deity, and just who he is in his person, and then the greatness of Christ's salvation, the salvation that Christ offers. And Paul is really wanting the Colossian believers to understand that they should not be moved away from any of those things. If anyone tries to deceive them and lead them away from Christ or from their hope of salvation in him, or tries to add to salvation by saying they need to do this, that, or the other. Paul says, don't be led astray by that. You need to hold on to Christ. Don't let anyone trick you and get you to give up just the best thing ever in Christ for something else. I can remember as uh, a child, I was probably five years old, and uh, my older brother, he was probably eight at the time, and uh, he took a, a pie tin, um, probably out of the trash can, and he mixed up a bunch of mud, and he, he made this mud pie. And he, he brought it to me, and he said, hey, look, I have this chocolate pie. Uh, go ahead, take a bite. And uh, he tricked me, and I took the spoon, and I took a big scoop of that mud, and, uh, and I knew right away that it was not chocolate. It was mud. I think he tried to trick me. I had some, some toy <clears throat> or some treat, and, uh, and he swindled me with something that was worthless and awful. And so the main story for that is I don't take food from my brother anymore. But here Paul is saying, hey, don't let anyone trick you or swindle you. And, and just as I was swindled out of something good for something bad, Paul is saying, don't let anyone do the same to you spiritually. Don't let them swindle you. Don't let them lead you astray from that. If you look down to Colossians 2, we see that in verses 1 through 7, he talks about... Um, just uh, being built up together as a church, growing together. He says in uh, verse 4, I say this to you so that no one will delude you with persuasive arguments. And he's, he's talking about how false teachers would want to lead them astray. In verse 8, he talks about this again. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deception according to the traditions of men and according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. So he's saying, don't let anyone lead you astray by worldly thinking or worldly philosophy or the traditions of men. Don't let them sway you from Christ. And here's the reason. He tells us in verse 9, for in him, in Christ, all the fullness of, dwell, of deity dwells in bodily form. And in him you have been made complete. So he says, in Christ, Christ is God. In him you have been made complete. If you have Christ, there is nothing lacking. If you have Christ, you have fellowship with the Father. If you have Christ, you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you have Christ, you have salvation. If you have Christ, you have eternal life. If you have Christ, you have new life in him. You have victory over sin. So everything that we need, we have in Christ. And that's why he says, in him, you've been made complete. 
And he is the head, verse 10 goes on, over all rule and authority. So Paul is saying, hey, if you have Christ, then you have everything. And so don't let anyone trick you or lead you astray from Christ, thinking that you need something else. That Christ is all-sufficient, and his word is all-sufficient. And don't let anyone lead you astray. Paul talks about the salvation and the new life that the believer has as he goes on. In verse 11, he talks about, In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. And Paul is saying, hey, you, you have circumcision in Christ. You've been baptized in him. Circumcision is pictures the removal of the flesh, that this body is no longer in charge as a believer. You don't have to give in to the urges and the desires of your flesh. Because in Christ, you've died with him, and you've been buried with him in baptism, and you've been raised up with him to new life. And so you have a new life in him, and you don't have to live according to this body of sin and death. Paul says you were, you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, but he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions and canceling out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. And he has taken it out of, a way, out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So Paul is just emphasizing that in him you have new life. You have forgiveness. And the debt that you owed to God because of your sin, the debt that you could never repay, Christ paid it. He died on the cross. He nailed it to the cross. This debt and, and the decrees that were hostile against us, he has fulfilled in his righteousness. He paid the penalty for us. He's nailed it to the cross. In verse 15, it says that when he had disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he made public display over them, having triumphed over them through him. You know, but here Paul, he illustrates this new life and the salvation that we have as a, a military parade, this procession of a, a conquering general, victorious, leading his prisoners in this parade that these prisoners were at war with the king and at war with the people, but they have conquered uh, the enemy. And now the enemy is in chains and, and the enemy is being paraded through the streets and the general and the army are victorious and enjoying that victory that they have. And that's what Christ has done in our lives, that he has conquered uh, our opponent of sin and death. He's conquered the enemy and the, the enemy is, is being paraded through the streets. The enemy is not to be feared anymore. And we have victory in him. So Paul is saying to these Colossian believers, don't let anyone lead you astray thinking that you need more, thinking that you need worldly philosophy or wisdom or any of these other things. If you have Christ, you have everything. Because he is God. In him is the fullness of deity and bodily form. You have everything that you need. And in him you have victory, you have new life, you have salvation. And so Paul emphasizes this to urge the Colossian believers saying, hey, don't be led astray. Don't, uh, don't bite into that mud pie when you have something of infinite value. And so don't depart from Christ and don't neglect the great value of Christ. That's why we see in chapter 3, and you'll see this tomorrow, that Paul says, 
If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking him. Keep your eyes on Christ because he is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on him. Make sure that he is your top priority and treasure and preoccupation, that he's your God. So today, lots of good stuff, lots of encouragement. We have the greatness of Christ as person, and we have the greatness of Christ in his salvation. And if we have him, we have everything. So I hope that you are blessed today. Look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day.